Welcome to episode 102 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Episode 201 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James. Oh, how you going, mate? Good. It's early this week, isn't it? It's Monday, and the disappointing thing is fantasy try hasn't been updated because it's still know. Sunday in the States. But to be honest, not too bothered. Not too bothered. <laughs> I think I picked that well. I, did okay. I think I did okay. I'd be interested to see. It was uh, a hard one. It was a hard one. Okay, and the talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffees of Hawaii. Uh, for the world's greatest tasting, best delivered coffee anywhere, anytime. And Athlinks.com. For the world's best place to have coffee with friends on the internet. That's right. Get your little webcam going and yeah. stuff. And have you heard of that website, um, Chat Roulette? No. Oh, maybe I have. <laughs> I went on there the other day. Don't go on there, guys. Yeah. Unless you want to see men's genitalia. Yeah, it's a little bit disturbing. But anyway, this week's show, well, it's a bit of a funny show this week because we're recording early and I have, I have added some notes, Sean. Very good. So I think we have to bring up that point. But anyway, we've got a little bit of news. Yep. Age group of the week. Website of the week. And then we're going to interview that you did a few weeks ago. The Sleep Doctor. Uh, so... Listen up to that. Hopefully the quality is okay. Bevan wasn't there, so it was just me all by my lonesome. And I, I don't know. I had two recording devices going because I was stressed that it wasn't going to work. And the the main one didn't seem to work very well. And I had a little backup one there. So we'll just hopefully the sound quality is okay. But there's some interesting stuff in there and some good pointers for you guys. And, and it's an important subject for us, isn't oh, it? Because big time. Like, I, I imagine most people out there can sleep really well because the amount of exercise we do. But for the people who do struggle with sleep with the amount of exercise that we do, oh, that's just going to be madness. Oh, and I think there's a lot of people out there that struggle, especially, you know, working people are busy, got a million things on their mind, yeah. they're often high achievers and want to do sleeper? the best. Yeah, I'm, I'm a very good sleeper. Yeah, I'm a good sleeper too, <laughs> crash. <laughs> don't sleep a lot, but I have good quality. Yeah, I'm like that too. No, mm. Don't need a lot, but can, yeah. Anyway, uh, news is proudly brought to you by xtry.com. Check, check it out to... Um, See the latest news, reviews, and interviews with the stars. Lots of info out there this week about the Abu Dhabi trial. All the talk, isn't it, John? Talk of the town. Talk of the town. Okay, let's have a look at the results. So, yeah, it was an interesting day. Uh, I was actually on one of the blogs earlier today, just checking through my piece, and apparently the lead men um, tacked on an extra K at the start of the bike, and so they had a bit of a breakaway going out of the swim. And and got, uh, they just went the wrong way or got led the wrong way so it did an extra K and by the time they got back on course there was like a pack of 27 of them together this is a guy's race so that was a bit of a shame they don't have the splits here uh, I think they do but it's quite complicated you have to go uh, through and it. It. basically the story of the day was uh, you know, a fairly large group formed on the bike apparently it was 27 to start with and it's just interesting it just got trimmed down and down and down and down and, uh, so how many came off the bike together? I think it was about 9 oh wow so heaps yeah which is interesting because it was a very very fast course average speed for the lead group was about 43k an hour they went through the Ironman split say 180k and 412 so you expect that over there. I'm sure it was nice. 412. 412. So wow. I'm sure the roads over there were super smooth and it was pretty flat. Um, so you'd expect fast times. But I, yeah, I looked What was the swim distance? 3K. It was 3K. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And there were some good swimmers there. So I was reading Dirk Bockel's blog and apparently um, yeah, on the way back he lost a little bit of concentration and apparently Bjorn got on the front and really put the pressure on and that's when they really trimmed the group down. Uh, and, uh, what happened to Bjorn? Bjorn. I Bjorn. I didn't. <laughs> there we go, 23rd. Um, Go on. Doesn't get you any points. No. 
Ferris or Sultan uh, punch it, apparently on the bike. So oh, no. it was a bit of shame. I picked Rakabiki too. Jesus, I didn't know good. See, he's a crap swimmer. That was a bad pick. Oh, uh, was it? I thought yeah. he'd be a good cyclist. Yeah, no, he's a very good runner. Uh, so, anyway, mind. interesting day. A lot of interest around the world. Um, I'll be interested to hear from if we can catch up with any of the pros as to whether the tactics were drastically different to what they would be in a. Uh, well, it's interesting. So Alanis took it off, and when it came to my picks, I actually had him on my list, and I mm. took him off my list because I thought to myself, he's a runner. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that he's obviously a bloody good Ironman overall, but I kind of thought he's not going to have the juice to get enough of a distance on a bike, you know, but. Maybe because of the pack that helped him. You look at the top five, Lanos was first, Dirk Bockel was second, Rasmus Henning third, Fraser Cartmel fourth, and Frederick Van Lerd fifth, all short course guys. Yeah. So able to swim, hang in the bike, and then take it on the run. Yeah. So yeah, none of the, the, the stellar Ironman guys who haven't perhaps had such a short course background really came through there. But do we have any of the stellar other than Ferris? Uh... Not really. Well, you got to think. I mean, when we're saying Stella, those two of those guys got top ten in Kona last year. Mm, but I mean, it's not like you have someone who's pure Ironman. It's sort like of someone a, like Mecca who's been an Ironman for six, seven years here. You know. Yeah, but interesting results. Really close. You know, um, fifty-three seconds between first and second. Minute thirty back. Yeah, third, good close racing. Hey, minute thirty-six. Well, I suppose you got forth. such a big pro field. It helps. It was yeah. So doing the pro picks for the uh, fantasy trial was difficult because you had so many guys. Yeah. So good on Lanos, uh, taking home fifty thousand US, I think it is. Uh, and yeah, I think it sounded like a really successful event. Um, so I wonder if it happens next year. It's a big question, isn't it? Big question. Um, yeah. And I wonder if it happens next year if we'll still draw this kind of field. If they've got the same prize money, the athletes will come. So what happened to Bjorn? He's blown the run. Bjorn got twenty third. Yeah, it's blown the run. So oh, Richard Usher down there in 31st, oh. I'm sure he would have suffered with 48 minutes behind. You'd probably give up the ghost when you're out of the money and just go through the motions. But, you know, probably probably missed the swim, swim pack. Yeah. Um, it sounded like it was pretty hot. It was 34 degrees. And if you, Olivier Marceau, he was one of my picks, got me some points in 13th place. Oh, is it top 20 gets top points? 15. Oh, I'm doing bad this week. Yeah. Okay, uh, and the girl side, oops, not the most, the girl side of things, what happened, John? Well, Julie Tibbins, I was going to pick her as well, I took her off my list. I put her, she was she was a race favourite, and, yeah. uh, and she delivered pretty I well. Thought, I don't know why. Great swimmer bike. And then I was going to do um, Virginia Brulistatogu, have you said him? Yeah. But then, I, her hand was injured. So she I, had the broken arm? Yeah. Well, I don't broken arm, she had the bike crash recently. Yeah, so I kind yeah. of thought, well, she's not going to be sharp. Oh, I did yeah, poor. You did that poor. <laughs> <laughs> so on the girls' side of things, kind of expected Julie Dibbon swam and rode away from them. Also, Leander Cave is a great swim biker, former short course world champion. She won a world title in that way. Um, came home in second, and then Virginia Brissetegi made a bit of a move on the run, came home in third in 7.18. So big, much bigger spread in the girls' side of things. You know, three, four minutes between first and second, then another five, five and then another three. So much bigger spreads. Um, so... Yeah, it was interesting racing. We did get some emails from um, some people saying it was just an awesome spectator race. Cool. You know, really awesome watching the, the pros and all the rest of it. So I think you guys say it's been a success, hasn't it? It has. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure all the athletes that finished in the, the top 10 or top 15, however deep the prize money, would be pretty happy with that. One other thing that was really cool about it was that um, they paid age groupers. Yes, $20,000 for US for age groupers. So in terms of my picks, I had uh, Henning. Had Varys Al-Sultan, so Henning in third, Al-Sultan in sixth, Jordan Rapp I picked in seventh, oh, yeah, Rapp's yeah. brought home the bacon. Well, I think you've done pretty well here, John. Olivia Marceau, he was in the top 15, and then my my, my, um, my roughie was Elaine Yahan. Yeah, I went him as well. But it was like, yeah, yeah. he didn't really figure. No. Women's, I went with Dibbins, she was expensive, 
but I went with her. Yeah, I think that's why I pulled out. She 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 went for it, and then Caroline Stephan, she won, um, got second in the Tauranga seventy point three, and then I think she won Geelong seventy point three, came home fourth. She's I think she's one of the new Team <coughs> B members, yeah. and Morangan and Aussie girl in thirteenth. The Joy Sinada, she, uh, she again another of the try Dubai team, not try Dubai, the Abu Dhabi yeah. team. Apparently she was in the lead out of the swim or first couple out of the swim and then she maybe put her foot on her, her, her chain ring or something, cut her oh. foot and had to dip, pull out. Oh, she was going to win it, She would have done well. That's why I picked her. Yeah. <laughs> and she's a friend of the show. Friend of the show. Uh, party animal friend of the show. We love the party animal friends of the show. Well, my picks are terrible, so I'm not even going to talk about them. Okay, uh, so then we also had Ironman China on last weekend and, uh, you know, second tier kind of field really when you look at the Abu Dhabi try in comparison to this one and the boys sort of things no surprise really Luke McKenzie took it out start from, led from start to finish I can't remember if he won this last year I know, I know he won no he didn't Rasmus Henning won last year oh, he did he won yeah. one of the um, the Asian titles last year I'm sure okay. of that uh, really dominated the dojo Chris McCormick was at, ended up racing the, the Ironman we thought he was down for the 70.3 what happened to McDonald? He did the ended up doing the seventy point three oh, and got second. Oh, huh? really? Uh, okay, so he got, he got beaten by a guy I'd never heard of. Oh, um, anyway, Luke McKenzie led out of the swim. Macca was a couple of minutes down, and then Macca pulled out on the bike, complaining of stomach issues. Um, the gap was looked to be staying about the same, so two to three minutes, and then he just gave up the ghost. Uh, I think in the swim, I saw they did four laps, maybe. Oh, wow, terrible! So was because, that? Well, but they have troubles with the swim there, so I guess they're, they're trying to make the best of the situation um, because of the currents. Oh, would that be cool? Sorry? Doing four laps. It'd be fine doing four laps. Getting out of the water would be difficult. So whether, it depends whether they got out of the water each time. I imagine they did because I saw splits for each lap. Yep. So that's, that, that's tough. Yeah. It's yeah. really tough. Joseph Major, he's another good athlete. Um, he was in second place. He was uh, 11, 12 minutes behind. And beyond that, I'm, I don't, I'm not familiar with yeah. many other names other than Shingo Tani, who was in fourth place. If you look at the um, the new ruling, they've got the 8% ruling. Um, the men's oh, you race. Do some research here, mate. I did eight, 41 minutes back, so payout would have gone four deep. Shingo Tani in fourth place would have just got a payout. Jeez, so it's the savings of money, aren't they? Sorry, well, they, oh, well, they're only paying five deep, so they're only saving on that, that last place. So oh, they're only paying five deep? Well, yeah. Ironman New Zealand, they did, and I assume they had, at all other Ironman races I saw listed, they were only paying five deep, and these were the one runs okay. run by WTC. Okay. So I think they're probably only saving maybe one or 2,000 on, on the men's field there. Okay. On the girls' side of things, we had uh, Amy Marsh took it out in 9.52, and then close behind, or 10 minutes behind, Nicole Leader. Amy Marsh won Ironman Wisconsin last year. Yes, she's doing well. Um, on the women's side of things, the 8% ruling would give you 47 minutes, and so again, the top four women would get prize money, and the price right. would be out. Um, what I thought was interesting, Here Amy Marsh is on the team TBB. She's just joined yep. up to that. Uh, TBB, yeah. Interesting. Her time, 9 hours 52.45. I'm assuming this is her husband, because I know her husband's name's Brandon. Brandon Marsh, 9 hours 52.00. So you think maybe a bit of drafting happening, John? I'm not saying that, but... but yeah, John, you, you, you're old, implying it. I'm not implying. I'm poor old Yvonne Van Vlerken gets an absolute shellacking. She does get shellacking, Every time she, she races, because her husband, her partner, is approximately the same speed, same, similar situation here. Um, it's just interesting. Both on Team TBB um, and team, quite a few Team BB members. <laughs> okay, so is there anything wrong with that? I don't think so. We, is there we, anything wrong with your partner racing next to you? As long as... You're keeping the legal distance, and we also had a question about pacing and marathons that we're going to cover in a few weeks' time. And uh, as long as you're not drafting, what's the problem? So, so you don't mind? So uh, Yvonne's man can go next to her all day, as long as she's not drafting off him on the bike. They can run next to each other. 
no problem with that. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Good. I don't really problem. I don't really thought about it. I have to think about it, John. Oh, okay. Throw it at me, but you don't. Don't give me any well, I don't know. Time. I know. I think in some ways it could be wrong because let's say it's kind of like like let's say your husband's your coach or mm. someone who knows how to motivate you really well. It is an advantage. If you're, if they're running next to you and, and you're struggling, they're like, come on, babe. You know, I'll, I'll pull back and pull you through this next section right behind me. If you lost to someone and their wife was faster than you, <laughs> yeah, the, the drafting issue would be would be the only complaint I'd have if there was blatant drafting going on. But you can't stop it. I mean, if they're both racing pro, yeah, what do you do? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Interesting, John. That could be a discussion of the week. That one. Okay, okay. I'm China, so that's that one knocked off. Anything else we got here in results wise? No. That's other it. news we have got some other news oh Chris McCormick's going to be doing race men fine man, man. that's yeah. kind of cool I mean, he must be doing a 70.3 yes. yeah when we're doing the fall but Specialised put together a pretty kick butt team John well it's going to be interesting to see what they have here because this article is up on Ironman website and uh, it'll be interesting to see whether they actually have a team or whether this is just the Specialised squad of riders yeah um, because well, Chris McCormick yeah. Rasmus Henning Phil Grace he's done pretty well to get in hasn't he mm-hmm. good old Jordan Rapster <laughs> Mm-hmm. Desiree Ficker and Peter Reed. So I'm not really sure about Peter Reed, is it just because he's the star from the past? And he was always on Specialised. Yeah, like you had a good mm-hmm. relationship with him, but he's not really out there racing anymore, is no. he? But still, he's a name in the sport. Uh, and then on WTC, they've got Whitfield and Gomez, and they've also got some girls, uh, Lisa Norden and Gavin Noble. And so Lisa Norden was, uh, I think, second on the World ITU Series last year. Gavin Noble, I think he's an Irish guy. Um, and then they've got some uh, exterior guys in Conrad Stoltz who really dominates the dojo on uh, exterior and Melanie McQuaid as well. But in the last, like I know in a few years ago we hit the, the RBW team and stuff like that, but really in the last 18 months this has become a bit more prevalent, isn't it? It's great for sponsors. I think they, they, they probably are spending a lot more money, but you can just get that leverage with working with so many people and you just get that recurring message coming across all the time. So... What I, what I want to see with this team is whether it is they've all got exclusively pretty much the same sponsors, and if you've got guys like McCormick and that... You're paying you get, a lot of money. You know, or whether they're just going to be riding specialised bikes. Um, and if that's the case, it's not really a team as such. And then does that have an effect on the specialised product in our sport? Like, we, we had the list from Kona a while ago, and, and Cervelo is the dominant brand at the moment. Yeah. Um, it was like 400, and the next one was like 100. Mm. So... Will that influence triathletes to move to more towards specialised? Because ultimately, if you're going to spend this kind of money getting these guys, that's what yep. you want, isn't it? It will. And you, you watch. Uh, <laughs> but it will it? Because are we more influenced by triathletes or by Tour de France riders? Um, that's a good question, actually. Because, like, maybe, sure, someone. Maybe I'll think about that. Yeah. Come back to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're sure you got someone like when Stadler, he definitely made Coyote. Yeah. You know, and Coyote definitely did well from Sadler, but Sadler was a freak. Mm. You know, and, and he was like, "Man, this guy, this guy can ride and win the race." Mm-hmm. Whereas the Cormac, Henning, is a good, they're, they're good riders. Maybe Phil Grave, they're good riders, but they're not gonna not gonna sit by yeah, course records. Yeah, and so yeah, it's interesting. Are you better off to even maybe just focus on your Tour de France riders to get the triathlete market? Or well, mm. interesting, I went on the specialized website yesterday to see if there was any information on there, and it's obviously so important to them I couldn't see it anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they were focusing on Perry Nice, and uh, they sponsor uh, the Astana team now. So, oh, do they? Yeah, so that, that's a big site. Doesn't everybody so. sponsor them now? Astana. Isn't, oh, no, yeah, no, no that's his old team, isn't it? This is old team. Who's yeah. in there? Radio Shack. Radio Shack. Uh, very yeah. good. Good, good think, work, even. Do you think he'll win this year? No. Who do you think's going to win? Contador. Contador. It's a great name, eh? Yeah. I'm going to name it my kid if I have a boy, Contador Isles. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Coming anytime soon? God, wow. Having a house first. Oh dear. 
I'm not, I'm not, I'm not averse to the idea. Yeah. Yeah, it could happen, John. Could no, happen. Crikey. Well, last week, John, I know I listened to last week's show, John, and, and, because I was kind of, sometimes I do the listen just to make sure things are good, and I ran above podcasts, to be honest, but, and, and we gave, we gave poor old Terenzo a bit of a hard time, and admittedly, I'm going to point the finger at you. You gave him quite a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> and I stand by the centre. We had an but email in from Swanee. Richard Swan, and he's a lawyer, so he, he didn't just give us one point, he's given us 20 page report. <laughs> but basically, I'm going to kind of quickly fly through them. Terenzo still ran the second fastest split of the day for 255, with exceptions to 2006, when the hardest run conditions since 2003, which means Cam's run was more impressive. So basically he ran pretty fast. He ran a 249 debut in 2009. Yeah. So only since 2002, only Cam and, how is that one? A Japanese guy, Hiroku Sertu. Um, and Klaas Bjorn, Bjorning, uh, have ran faster than that. Uh, he had a crack at the winning time. The reality was that sometimes you just basically you, you'll go for it and you lose mm-hmm. the plot. Uh, the wind picked up a lot in the second half of the bike, so it, maybe if the wind hadn't blown up, he could have kept away from Cam. Same for him. As the 11th on Daban Kona, which is bloody brilliant. Yeah. Yep, fair comment. Uh, taking the lead off the front in Taupo must, almost never pays off. Chris Liado, Steve Larson had a crack in 2003, only ran, so maybe, well, that was foolish. Uh, the boy can run for a lot longer than two, two hours. Uh, because he's seen him in action when he's been doing the Waikato circuits or something like that. The Waitax. The Waitax circuit. So, John, he's angry at you. And I've rebutted quite pleasantly with my email reply. And what did you say, John? I said, I've got very high expectations of Terenzo. He's a world champion um, at 70.3 distance. And I'd, and I said, I'd imagine he ran about a 72 there, something like that. So I expect him to be able to run faster in an Ironman race. Okay. Just because he's had so many good results. And... And, you know, it, say, was it the Vine Man or was it, no, it was uh, Wildflower, you know, beating people like Simon Lessing's course record. Um, so I'm not saying he's a waste or anything like that. I just have higher expectations and I think he can run a lot faster than what he's running. Well, we did get an email from someone else, I don't have their name right now, kind of dissing him a little bit. And I did respond and say, you know, he's 25. Let's, you know, let's remember he's probably got another 12, 13 years in the sport if he wants to. Um, and... He doesn't choose the easy races. No. You know what I mean? Like last year, if you look at his season, he did New Zealand. Yeah. Um, he did Germany. Germany. He did Kona. So he chose, you know, two of the hardest races in the season. Yeah. So he's obviously looking long term. Now, when you're racing, like he could have won Ironman races. He could turn mm-hmm. up to some second tier races. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could have won three races last year and, you know, yeah. and looked like a bloody good athlete. But he's not. He's obviously looking long term and, and learning his lessons. And so he's got to make mistakes. And at 25, you could probably get away with that a little bit. I'll come back to my point. He's, he's he's young in age, but he's old in training years. So I think he's doing really well, but I I think he could do a lot better, and I'll be interested to track his progress. And I said to Richard in the email, I have no problem eating humble pie, and I hope he wins Kona. Oh, I'd love to. Oh, wouldn't it be awesome? Him and Cam. Yeah, first and second. Yeah, that'd be sensational. Okay, and since he's on a roll, he has some sympathy for I'm New Zealand organisers. Their target market is New Zealand. How many international media would even cover the event if there was a stellar field there? My reply to that was, look at Abu Dhabi this week and the amount of, not not you're never going to get picked up in the mainstream media, but look in the triathlon media is just dominated the dojo everywhere. Yeah. I mean, China's had a couple of little articles here and there, but every triathlon website I looked at when I was doing the P's for today was just pages of Abu Dhabi stuff, the bikes there, who's there, interviews, profiles on Julie Dibbins, etc., etc. So money talks. I think the question I have is, because it was such a great race on Saturday, or you know, from what we hear, mm-hmm. will that attract a lot more people going to do the race next year? Now they had a field of eight hundred. I don't know what the limit will be, but you know, and for a first year race, that's pretty good. But I suppose they're spending the coin. But 
And another, next year, will they double their numbers just because everyone knows the pro's going to be there? Like, is it going to become an iconic event if they spend the money? I don't think it will because it's probably a difficult place to get to. So I think that'll it'll expand, but, you know, would I go to Abu Dhabi all that way to... Yeah, you to, to in Europe. Yeah, but no, that's a smack in the middle. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty much halfway. So, you know, again, Ironman New Zealand, my reply to that is fantastic race, really well organised but they're not getting the pro fields, and that means they don't get as many, as much international exposure. And yes, it's a New Zealand event, but I think they could get more overseas athletes. Yeah. Okay. Very good. That was your rebuttal. Take that, Swanee. Swanee, take that and eat it. <laughs> but we enjoy getting emails like that. because no, he actually puts a lot of thought into it, and I imagine he's probably charging someone by the minute when he's exactly. doing this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we're not going to this week's discussion because... Um, oh, we are. Okay. We are, we are doing this week's discussion. Uh, we can save it till next week. Do you want to save it till next week? Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah. Sure, okay. sure. Uh, music. Um, imagine, Louis got it sweet, haven't they? Because I think Louis charged <laughs> by... <laughs> You're about to... You know, you, here goes Bevan's rant. <laughs> well, because they charge by like the four minutes or something stupid, like the eight-minute blocks. Yeah, yeah. Eight-minute blocks. I've got a mate who's a lawyer, and, and he was he was quite good at email, responding to emails. Yeah. You know, you flick him, he responds straight away. And I was going, who are you charging for that email? Yeah. <laughs> and you often give a big response. Yeah. I know we've got a few lawyers in this thing, so love your work. We should be charging eight minute blocks, John. We should be. We're making billions by now. That's right. Oh right, yeah, here we go. Age Group of the Week. And last week we did mention that good old Sarah... Sarah Pitcher Campbell from Rota Vegas was going to be Age Group of the Week, but we, we kind of took a lot of time for news last week, John. And it was a double nomination this week, I think, because Kat Wahlberg sent it in, and I think uh, Sean kind of backed it up. And even sent through a photo, or maybe it was Kat who sent the photo, mm-hmm. of the wreckage. But anyway, before we tell you that, Sarah picked up triathlon two years ago with a life-saving background. She's a pretty handy swimmer. She had turned into a bit of a machine on the bike, and this year really picked up her running too. She had competed like there's no tomorrow in two years, and this year she placed in the top five in pretty much every race she entered. Sarah has a really good attitude to the sport and is pretty modest about her achievements. She was going well with her training for Ironman Topo this year. The way she was going was she was easily in contention with the top three in her age group of 30 to 34. When I got a message on Wednesday before the race saying that she had a bike accident and is in hospital, I thought this was one of the bad jokes. But no, she got taken out by a car when she was out on her first, last training ride before IMNZ. The impact was so hard, it broke her bike into two pieces. Whoa. And she was incredibly lucky that most of the damage was done to the bike and not herself. Still, she ended up in hospital and needed stitches in her thigh and her aero bars put a nice hole into it. As her aero bars put a nice hole into it. The trooper that she is, she didn't let that get her down. She went on to organize, organize herself another bike and by Friday she had made a decision to race. By that stage, her thigh had taken... <clears throat> on most colours of the rainbow due to the bruising. Mm-hmm. Not the great prospect when you intend to run a marathon the next day. Sarah so managed to get through the race, not as fast as she would have hoped to do it in, but in a bloody respectful time of 11.55. She had a great swim, 59, rode 5.53 and finished the run in 4.51. This was obviously the hardest part of the race, as her stitches and all the bruising on her legs were pretty painful by that time. Sarah is a true inspiration to all of us. One effing mean Iron Man I say nice that is pretty impressive isn't it we look forward to seeing her I met Sarah because when, yeah, when, um, when I was in Monica when I did the half down there yeah. there was um, Kat was staying with a crew yeah. there's a crew of people there and I met them kind of hang out at their place I use their internet which is all nice. good <laughs> uh, and uh, she was yep, lovely girl and 
well, the reason I respect this is that a physically you're screwed, yep. but there's always so trauma. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. man, like getting hit by a by, by a car. Yep. You know, you're gonna be apprehensive when you get on the bike again. I know when you're on IMA, of course, there's not cars on the road, but just to be able to think, you know, I'm just gonna truck on and do it. That's that takes a lot of guts. Eh? Very solid. Would you do it? Uh, it kind of in, in her situation, if you're in amazing form and if you were, if it was, it was not her first time, man, is it? Sure. But if you put your whole season into it, it's a bit different for us because, well, especially for me because I've done so much racing. But yeah, if you're in that position where you put your whole year into it, yeah, you probably try to get there no matter what. But that sounds pretty difficult. Yeah, it's it's bloody impressive. Apparently, there's a couple of other people who did get knocked off their bikes on race week and, and were unable to race as well. Oh, really? That sucks. Oh, that that sucks. Mm. John, I got a question. Because we got a nomination for a guy, and you know, this is through Facebook, yep. so you, you haven't seen it yet, but I'll send it to you, who's already been nominated before. Do we do a double age group of the week? Can no, we do I that, think, John? I think you can only have it once. You can only have it once? Yeah, I think so. Because there's only spots, so many spots in the world, isn't there? There is, yeah. About well, 50 a year well, I might so. give this guy a plug next week to say, you, well you done. You give plugs. But so, good work, well done, proud yeah, of your effort. Give plugs. Because he did get the fastest T2 transition well you can get a plug for that that's for sure okay that's well next week I'll give him some love but this, just for so you know mm-hmm. you're never ever going to get a double that's right unless you do something like lose your whole body and do the whole race with your head yeah that's true and uh, actually interestingly watching that uh, the Hawaii coverage oh you um, loved it didn't you John oh, it, was, it was as I said last <laughs> week it was better than I expected but Rudy Garcia the guy who yeah uh, apparently he went on and he finished in Ironman Arizona I think oh, so great. he did finish in Ironman He's a brave kid, eh? Yeah, he was. He was a nice guy. He had his, his, his head screwed on, and yep, very made us all look a bit stupid. Oh, between you two, more people got knocked off their bikes on Friday that's right, on the way home from the race briefing. Oh, that sucks. Never them could start due to injuries and bike damage. So we love you, Cat. Okay, uh, let's check some music on. Whoops! Side of the week. Kind of just pulled the boy up here. That one. What's his name? The wise one. The wise James one. James Botel. Yep. The wise one that he is is wishing you and John a good podcast. Uh, first time you. Oh, this was a while ago, obviously. I know I'm a little late to help you with this week's show, but here is a website that will appeal to those looking to do some bike touring because it's a website about bike touring. One of those. It does exactly what it says in the tin things. Bike tour, bicycletour.com. So I, ch- I went on there and had a quick check to see if it did have a reasonably comprehensive listing worldwide. And I just did a search for New Zealand, like a tour in New Zealand. And it did have quite a few of the companies listed. So if you are interested in going somewhere, if you're ever going to go to the Pyrenees, always check out PyreneesMultisport.com. No, I actually got an email. I think it was from the guy who nominated somebody else. Oh, I can't remember. But they're going there to do the, the camp there. Pyrenees Multisport. Oh, check it out. So if you're going to the Pyrenees, check them out. If you're going anywhere else in the world, um, check out this website. It might give you a little head start. Would you like to cycle America? Uh, no. Not, not well, the race. Well, not the race. Just would you like to ride across America? There would be other places I'd, I'd rate above that for the time being. I wonder how long they do it over here. There's a place called CycleAmerica.com, and we looked at the other one, uh, Bicycle Tours, and they've heard it here. So you go BicycleTours.com, you can pick your country, you can pick your how long you want to go for, for a holiday for, a bike holiday, etc., etc., and it gives you um, time of the year. So let's name a country, John. Um, let's go somewhere where they probably have something. I bet they don't have anything in Poland, but let's say uh, Netherlands. Try the Netherlands. You know what you should have, John? What? Camp, camp, my camp over there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, state? No, just leave that. No. Month? Uh, Any month? Uh, you want to you know, go in the summer, so you'd say June. June. Okay, we're going to go in June. And you want to go for a five to eight days. Five to eight days. 
bike tour road tour road tour and then just go show show bike tours oh fingers crossed oh look at that John so it's got over there's about 10 yeah so you can do the North Island tour the tour of Amsterdam the Southern Tour ride okay let's do the tour of Amsterdam because apparently Amsterdam is a pretty crazy place to go I've been there have you? interesting now did you smoke drugs when you were there John? Uh, no did you not? we had a we had a (laughs) magic mushroom thingy in that a cake yeah did you get high? yes was it fun? no no you didn't like it? no did not like it oh really why not? at all it's just not my thing. It's just serious. Because it's, it's hallucination thing. and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it was. It did was, you hallucinate? Uh, we, we we got pretty crazy. <laughs> did you? It was, it was pretty stupid. I did not enjoy the experience. Never done it before. Really? And won't be doing it again wow. anytime soon. Because they say we went in Rome, through the Romans. Okay. Okay. So if you want to go to Netherlands, eight day tour, and you want to try some John's special cake, <laughs> we're gonna have that in the cookbook. I just thought. That. I just thought this is. This is just useless. It's not doing anything. And then bang. And then bang. Game over. Over. Great time. <laughs> <laughs> oh good times there you go so bicycletour.com uh, and, and doing tours is a fun way to see the country and sometimes you know you can do the old thing where you just get a bike and do it with your partner but if you're a bit unsure and you're going to an environment that you're not sure of these things are really great because you've got the kind of the tour guide to go along to sort out crap that you don't have to worry about if there's a, a language barrier they can solve lots of problems for you and so check it out bicycletour.com put that on the website this week okay um Time for an interview, John. How long did the interview go for? About 25 minutes or okay, so. Good. We'll so we'll make, we'll, we'll make an hour. Yeah. So coming up is Dr. Alex Bartle from the Sleep Well Clinic. If you're in New Zealand, uh, go to sleepwellclinic.co.nz. It's also got some other information in there as well if you're not in New Zealand. Um, but really interesting guy. He's done some talking for um, Triathlon New Zealand as is well. Is in there, is it? It's in there. He's uh, like a happy man. He's a, he's a happy chappy. Happy chappy. Um, but so you yeah, have some really useful stuff coming what up. What do you say about snoring? Probably. Sorry? Did you talk about snoring? Oh, you can listen. We oh, do talk can, about snoring. Oh, can you just tell me now? Well, there's a number of, there's some devices you can use. Because I'll tell you why. Because I've got, like, I've got, I've got flat mates. Yeah. Do. And I've got Amy and Richard. And Amy's where we're at with the gym. And she's got a partner called Lee. Mm-hmm. And Lee, honestly, it goes through my wall. Well, this is one of the issues we talk about. And, and I do, like, it's, it's okay because it's kind of a bit distant to me. But if he drinks, he has a big night on the weekend, comes home. Honestly, it's like the house is going to blow up. It's that bad. And I kind of think to myself, how does Amy sleep? Well, you'll find out. Oh, I'm going to have to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, with the snores, as you'll find out, even if you are the partner and you're sleeping, your sleep quality is going to be much lower. It's just subconsciously you'll find oh, out. Oh, well, even through the wall. Like, I'll wake yeah, up. Yeah. When my deep sleep, I'm all right. But when, then, you know, when you kind of wake up from four o'clock onwards and you're kind of in that mm. kind of less deep sleep, um, I'll hear that. Mm. So listen <laughs> up. It's interesting. Hopefully, the audio quality is okay. Okay. Well, there you go. For those of you who snore, John's going to solve your, your partner's problems. That's right. Okay, here's some music. Oh, no, no music. Here's the interview. Okay, so happy to have today Dr. Alex Bartle from uh, Sleep Well Clinic, and he's going to talk to us a little bit about insomnia side of issues um, and a few other questions that I've got. So uh, welcome along to the show, Dr. Bartle. Thanks very much for inviting me. Um, maybe just tell us firstly a little bit about um, your background um, before we started. You're saying that uh, you know, you've been doing this full-time for a few years, um, but uh, prior to that it sort of needed to build up. So give us a little bit about your background. Yeah, for, for about 30 years I've been a GP in Christchurch, so uh, I've got a long background in uh, just general health issues, and about 10 years ago I started developing an interest in sleep medicine, and um, it's grown since then really, and then three years ago I sold my general practice in Christchurch and um, went into sleep medicine full time. Uh, I did training right at the beginning in uh, 
Sydney. That's where they do a lot of these uh, sleep uh, medicine training programs and uh, completed my master's just last year in nice. sleep medicine. So, uh, uh, and it's very general. People say, you know, what's sleep about? Well, actually, it's a very broad subject. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of things going on in your sleep, and so it impacts on a lot of uh, your parts of your life, particularly, of course, uh, training and um, ability to sleep when you're uh, thrashing your body down. Exactly. <laughs> so when um, somebody comes to see you uh, about a sleeping issue, say typically it's struggling to sleep, um, what are the sort of things you, what sort of delving questions do you sort of initially try to find out what's going on there? Okay, we deal with a paradigm which is known as the three P's, which I think is uh, familiar to a number of psychologists. But <clears throat> So we look at initially uh, predisposing factors. So what sort of personality are you? Uh, what sort of genetic background, parents? Uh, are you a, what I'd call a buzzy person? And most, uh, frankly, most athletes are generally fairly yep. buzzy people. Yep. Uh, usually very successful. So their mind is um, very... Uh, active during the day, they've often succeeded very well, but they just can't shut off at night, that's part of the problem. So that's the predisposing factors. <clears throat> then we look for a precipitating factor, uh, which is the second P, and that's something that's actually just tipped you over there so that you now can't sleep. Mm -hmm. Usually uh, that's quite short-lived, so it might be an exam or a, um, a bereavement or some upsetting event that lasts, or maybe you might be able to not sleep well for a night or two or three nights. Uh, but it's not long term mm -hmm. um, and usually sleep then resolves and you carry on sleeping normally again and we're all familiar with that. I think most yeah. people have had instances of, of difficulty sleeping. When uh, Then we look at the third issue which is why people usually spend money to come and see yeah, you yeah, yeah. <laughs> is when it becomes a perpetuating factor which is the third P and that's usually when sleep itself becomes the issue. Often the precipitating factor has long gone. Yeah. And we see people, for example, mums who have had children, you know, um, in their 20s and they come to see me in their 50s and they still can't sleep. The children have long grown up and gone away and that was their problem for getting up and down, up and down at night. But then uh, sleep itself has become an issue. And um, so it's often a question of dealing with their uh, perceptions about sleep, about their uh, thought processes concerning sleep. And often the trigger, which is normally, it's a genetic trigger in lots of ways that you climb into bed, put your head down and go to sleep. Uh, the trigger becomes you climb into bed, put your head down and immediately start worrying and, and mm -hmm. becoming anxious about sleep. Mm -hmm. And that's usually the situation when most people come to see me. <clears throat> and we want to try and change that so that uh, when you get into bed, put your head down, that trigger says, now go to sleep. And it's an automatic process. If you can't make yourself go to sleep, it's something that just uh, happens automatically. Yeah. And then we use a behavioural uh, method really uh, behavioral conditioning uh, to try and um, get people to put their head down and go to sleep. So what are some of the, maybe some of the examples because I know when I, if I've ever struggled a little bit with sleeping I would never say that I've maybe been an insomniac but it's it's often mm. as you said your mind racing you're thinking about all the things that you've done during the day all the things that you have got coming up. Mm. Have you got any sort of fairly simple tools that some people who maybe don't have major issues, but maybe um, just occasionally they really struggle with. Yeah, definitely. Um, there are one or two really uh, effective methods of uh, helping that. The, the number one thing that I get told about and um, is most useful is actually getting rid of the clock out of your bedroom. Yeah. Any visible <laughs> clock, I should say. So yeah. getting rid of the clock. The clock is a very um, 
bad influence, you wake up and you start panicking about the fact that you're sleeping, or you keep looking at the time, and that just makes things worse. So you need an alarm often to make yeah. sure you don't oversleep or you get up at your uh, regular time. But um, understanding the principle that everybody sleeps at night, uh, everybody, sorry, everybody wakes at night. Even if you think you've slept through, you've almost certainly woken maybe two or three times in the mm -hmm. night. But you have a period of amnesia just before you fall asleep, for two or three minutes just before you go into level one non-REM sleep. And so if you wake up in the night, turn over and go back to sleep within one or two minutes, go back into level one non-REM sleep again, then you won't remember you've woken. So you have this lovely feeling that I slept through the night. The reality is sleep isn't a continuum that's exactly the same all the time. We go through sleep cycles and they last about 90 to 100 minutes long. And uh, at the end of each cycle, it's often the case that people will wake up but return to sleep quickly so mm -hmm. they don't have the impression that they've woken. Yeah. Now, the problem is if you have a clock there, that you wake up, you look at the clock. That has two impacts on us. First of all, it impacts on our visual cortex. We will remember in the morning we saw 12, 13, <laughs> 15, or whatever it is, and that gives us the impression in a lousy sleeper. Yeah. The second thing is it has that emotional impact on us. You know, oh, I've only just gone to sleep. It's a... Uh, only an hour and a half or two hours since I went to sleep and I'm awake again or I've got yeah. to get up in the morning and you start panicking about it. Yeah. As soon as you start that anxiety, you're actually restricting the ability to be getting back to sleep. So uh, getting rid of the clocks, number one. Yeah. Number two thing what I find useful is actually spending a little bit of time in the evening writing down some of your things that are going on for you. Two things. For people who don't have anything particularly worrying on their mind, uh, like maybe your financial problems or work problems or relationship problems, then the simple thing is making sure you've written a diary for the next day. Just actually writing it down, right? Mm -hmm. Going, spending a little bit of time in the evening just going through what you've got to do tomorrow. Yeah. Now, obviously, if you work, most people have their work pretty well sorted out. Yeah. Don't need to write that, but it's all personal things. It's things like um, you know, people's birthdays or bills that have got to be paid or people you're meeting. It's my, it it's my anniversary today. Okay, <laughs> has it been written down? It's not. <laughs> okay, well, um, so those personal things, good idea to write them down, and then uh, you don't have to keep on thinking about them. They won't get rid of them out of your mind. You still think about them, but you don't have to worry about it. It's written down. Um, if you do have something that's specifically worrying, like there's an issue going on in your, in your head, um, then writing about that's also a really good move. So writing down, and what I, what I get people to do is get a block of A4 paper and just write in sentences. So you actually talk to the paper. Mm -hmm. And when you've done that, you throw it away. Mm -hmm. The key factor is what you write down is your issues. It's not for anybody to read, not for your partner, not for your children, not for anybody else to read, uh, your flatmates or whatever. You write it down, write down really what's going on for you, and then you can throw it away. Mm -hmm. The externalizing of these problems seems to be really helpful. And it's a similar process to uh, talk therapy, in mm -hmm. fact. And um, it doesn't cure the problem immediately. I mean, it doesn't suddenly put $10,000 in your bank or, <laughs> or suddenly resolve the issues at home, but it certainly helps you to um, deal with those and yeah. to uh, to get them into some sort of perspective, I think is what it is. Yeah. So writing down some issues, throw it away, writing a diary for the next day, you keep that, um, and getting rid of your clock, there, there's some simple things to start with. What about on the, the medical side of things? Do you often end up prescribing... Um, Things for, or is it more, yeah, yeah um, psychological I, things? No, I mean I do prescribe sometimes, and although the main thrust of what I do is actually uh, looking at the uh, behavioural techniques for, for you know, what we call CBTI, cognitive behavioural therapy for insomnia, which is a, a form of CBT, really, yeah. cognitive behavioural therapy.
Um, but uh, what we find is that if um, the process is described to the patient and they find it really hard to, uh, to undertake those pro programs, it usually means that there's something else going on. They just can't get to do it. They can't either be bothered or they can't just drag themselves to do these various processes. Um, and that's particularly, say, getting out of bed if you can't sleep, those sort of things, which are really quite difficult. But if you really, so uh, there may be an underlying depression, anxiety and depression. And if it's really severe, then doing these behavioral things, I feel, is really a waste of time. Mm -hmm. You need to get rid of the anxiety and depression, which is often quite severe, and that needs medication. Yeah. So you get rid of their, uh, their uh, severe anxiety and depression. Once they're feeling more stronger in themselves and able to start taking control of what they do, then uh, you can start doing the behavioral stuff. Okay. For the short-term insomnia, I'd have to say that sometimes uh, sleeping tablets are useful. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes a short burst, three or four, two or three nights of um, a sleeping tablet will prevent it becoming a chronic problem. Mm -hmm. So sometimes just getting in control initially. But in the long term, there's no question, all the studies have shown that the behavioral techniques are more effective than medication. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, one of the, obviously, sort of maybe looking more at the, the training side of things for, for the athletes. Yep. Um, a lot of athletes sometimes have naps during the day. Is that yeah. something that um, you advise or is uh, how does that sort of fit into your yeah. sleep? Napping is a very interesting and very useful technique if you can do it. And I'd have to say the athletes I've talked to are very are usually very good at napping. Mm -hmm. You do get very tired if you train a lot, a lot of the time. The ideal time to nap really is early afternoon, so between 1 and 2, around that sort of time. If you leave it later until 4 or 5, you may well in, interfere with your nighttime sleep. Yep. But there's a good study recently showing that if you nap before about 2 o'clock, 2.30, then it's not going to interfere with your nighttime. Okay. And in fact, most people nap because they're really tired, so uh, they've got a good reason. And there's some very nice studies showing the uh, improvement that napping can have on uh, athletic performance. Mm -hmm. Lovely uh, studies done on sprint times, for example, that really did improve sprint times with just half an hour sleep opportunity. That means not a nap necessarily for half an hour, napping probably for, I think the average was 12 to 15 minutes out of that half hour sleep opportunity. Yeah. Um, but if you keep the nap less than 20 minutes, ideally around 15 minutes, you don't have that following sleep inertia, which so people, many people say, oh, I hate napping because I feel so awful afterwards. Mm -hmm. It's nearly always because they've slept for too long. Right. Now, anything more than about 20 minutes and you're going to start getting the sleep inertia, that means you feel groggy when you wake up. You've gone mm -hmm. into a deeper level of sleep, so it takes longer to get out of there. Mm -hmm. But if you keep it less, you know, 15 minutes or less, then you're going to wake up and feel, you know, within 30 seconds or so, you're buzzing again. It's great. Oh. At least three or four hours, you get good um, advantage. Nice. Early afternoon is a good time to do it. And in terms of um, you know pre-race, you know for, for say an Ironman athlete or for a triathlete of any description, coming up to your main event for the for the year, and maybe that last couple of nights you have terrible sleep, and maybe the last night in particular you, you don't have any sleep at all in some instances because you're getting up at say three thirty in the morning. What are the sort of I mean, obviously you've given us some tools there we can try to to use to to help um, improve the sleep, but but what is the, the critical is the night before the race very important, or is it the days leading into the race? How does that sort yeah, of fit that, in? That's, that's very important. Uh, and really, it's the days leading into the uh, trying to get towards race day with as little sleep debt as you can, if you know that concept. Um, basically, many people don't sleep on the night before a, an athletic performance, and, and that's 
very common, and basically I wouldn't panic about that at all. You, your adrenaline will carry you through. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and obviously it's more difficult with long, longer um, events rather yeah. than sort of a sprint or, or a swimming event. But uh, um, no, if you don't sleep, the, the key factor is don't panic about it. As yeah. soon as you start saying, I've got to sleep, I've got to sleep, you that's the end of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you won't sleep. So just don't panic about it. You'll get through it. As long as in the week before or the weeks before, you slept reasonably well and yeah. not entering that period within sleep dead. Cool. Um, and one of the issues we obviously have being from, from New Zealand um, and having to travel offshore is, is, is the travel issue, um, either just travel for training or travel for, for, for a race. Um, we've, we've sort of given our, our two cents worth on, from time to time on the show about what, what we do, what works. Um, what is the sort of science telling us that is, is the best way to try to minimise um, jet lag um, when you're either travelling to the States or even travelling to Europe? Yeah. Um, in lots of ways, I tend to like to talk to guys like yourself who do a lot and find out what you do because uh, everybody's rather di- slightly different and I learn a lot from really just anecdotally from what people tell me they do. From a scientific point of view, there's, uh, the evidence really seems to point to be, uh, light being the most important factor. Um, so, for example, there was a study done on um, soccer players traveling from Brazil to China, which was a 12-hour uh, trip, and they managed to alter their circadian cycle through 12 hours uh, in just over two days, mm-hmm. uh, which was pretty amazing. Usually it takes about six days to train over 12 hours. Um, and uh, they did it with timed light exposure and training schedule. But the most, the key factor really is getting outside into the into the light, and particularly, interestingly, into blue-green wavelength light. So that means out into the country, really. Right. So um, going to train in the gym, it's good to keep your body, your core body temperature raised during the day if you can with the gym work. But if you could do that outside like train outside, go for runs, whatever, which of course you guys will do much yeah. more, it's much better. The, the other thing to say is that sunglasses tend to block the light. Right. So uh, um, if it's glary, for example, if it's on roads or in buildings or uh, particularly obviously snow and water, you get lots of glare. That's very unpleasant. You need to wear some protection. But if you're running through areas that are... Um, you might say countrified, lots of uh, leaves and, and grass and trees and plant life generally. It's diffuse light, so it's not glary, and it's the right wavelength. So the right wavelength is blue and green. It's about 450 to 500 nanometers, and that's the wavelength that stimulates these cells in our eyes that produces the serotonin uh, that gets us um, going during the day, makes us feel nice and relaxed and going well. It also suppresses melatonin. Yeah, we don't yeah. want melatonin during the day. Yeah. And then at night time, when it gets dark at night, that serotonin then converts to melatonin. So yes. daytime is really the key factor. Cool. Melatonin we do use, particularly if you're traveling any particular distance. Um, if you take melatonin at a time when it's not usually produced, then it's going to be more effective. For example, a lot of people use melatonin to try and help them sleep um, in a normal time frame. So they would take, they're normally sleeping, say, at 11 o'clock or midnight, and they take their melatonin at 10. Well, that's the time our own melatonin is produced, and it makes very little difference. Mm-hmm. Melatonin is not a good sleeping tablet. Okay. But if we want to change our circadian cycle, in other words, we want to have um, to, to change through maybe 6 hours or 12 hours, then taking melatonin at a time when it wouldn't normally be produced which, of course, yeah. is when you're trying to go to bed in the UK, yeah. it's the middle of the day, New Zealand time, then it will be more effective. 
So for two or three days, often we suggest take a melatonin, and I do recommend something like a three milligram, you know, reasonably good dose of melatonin. Um, And even, frankly, a sleeping tablet, uh, if if you're really wanting to entrain very quickly, Mm. um, zopiclone or whatever, melatonin at night, and uh, getting out, but getting out in the day is the most important thing. Very good. Maybe just one other thing I just wanted to cover was a little bit that I've seen on your website is, is snoring as an issue. Yes. Um, we do a thing called Epic Camp, which is an extreme form of a training camp, and we have some big-time snorers on the camps. So what are the sort of services available for, for those people? How intrusive is it, and, and how easy is it often to, to rectify? Okay, it's interesting because snoring and sleep apnea, which of course is when people snore loudly and then occasionally block and, and stop breathing or it obstructs, is usually associated in people's minds with uh, obese middle-aged men. And certainly a, there is a greater proportion of people in that mm-hmm. situation. Now, you guys are usually pretty skinny mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and uh, runners and what have you. And so you don't normally associate it. But it certainly, as you say, it does happen. And it's often the people with long faces, rather a narrow jaw, mm-hmm. uh, and where the tongue tends to fall back and obstruct. Now we can, if you're a loud snorer, two or three things happen. If you're a very loud snorer, there's a lot of vibration going on at the back of your throat, which is where it all happens. Uh, and um, it does call, uh, it's likely to cause some obstructions. So you're likely to have some obstructive sleep apnea. Mm-hmm. They looked at linebackers, for example, in the States, and about a third of those, usually young athletes, had some sleep apnea. <laughs> so we've got to keep that airway open at night. Now, as far as the person themselves concerned, that will have some implications on how they feel in the morning. So it will interrupt and dis- disrupt their sleep. So they won't, they may sleep for eight or nine hours, but the quality is lousy. So uh, if you've got any possibility of loud snoring and therefore some sleep apnea, it may be that you're waking up unrefreshed. And if you're doing that, you need to get checked out. As far as other people are concerned, there's some really nice studies done in the States where both uh, the snorer and the partner are wired up. And it has a significant effect on the bed partner. Mm. Snoring, as you know, can be extremely loud. It can yeah. go up to 80 or even 90 decibels. <laughs> that's very loud. And yeah. if you're sn- sleeping near close to that, that's pretty difficult to sleep. And it, even if the person next to them is asleep, it affects their brain waves. Right. So they're not going through the nice normal sleep cycle. So it does affect those around them as well. Um, so it's really worth doing something about it in terms of what can you do. Um, Clearly, weight is not an issue usually. Yeah. Uh, alcohol might be. Alcohol yeah. will certainly make it worse. Um, but otherwise, it's wearing something in your mouth to keep your jaw forward, which keeps the tongue out of the way. And the tongue is often the, the obstructing factor. How uncomfortable is that? Is that? Um, they're a little bit like a double mouth guard that you'd use for sport. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've got some here, which is much yeah. good on, the, <laughs> uh, on this uh, situation. But it's uh, a little thing goes on your lower teeth, yeah. on your upper teeth. And they come together so that uh, it, it, the, the bottom jaw can't fall backwards. Right. Um, and they're not too bad. Okay. There is an, an, another much cheaper device that you just fit onto your tongue. Yeah. Now, that works quite well for young guys who snore, but it's very difficult to wear yeah. and quite uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, but, it, but it does work, so it's yeah. cheap. By yeah. You can get these, what they call tongue stabilizing devices from the pharmacy. Yeah. Um, and if people can, I mean, most of you are pretty determined guys. Yeah, if yeah. people want to wear one of those, they'll get used to it. Yeah, right. yeah. That's a cheap option. There. Yeah. Um, obviously, if it starts to become more severe in terms of sleep apnea, then a mask on the nose will will certainly do that. Cool. Um, 
but probably a bit over the top for most of you guys. That's awesome. Um, and maybe just tell us, you, you've sort of gone over a couple of the services, but you're obviously based in New Zealand, and I see you have a number of clinics. Maybe just tell us a little bit about um, how you operate. Yeah, I've got to, I spend two weeks uh, in the Auckland area, of which I spend uh, two days usually in Wellington of that, so I fly down to Wellington for a couple of days. I go to a clinic in Tauranga about every three or four weeks uh, for a day, and uh, otherwise it's a week in Christchurch. So I, I'm in Christchurch, Wellington, Auckland, and Tauranga. And, nice. uh, but there's a base, you just ring the 0800 number or check it out on the website and, yep. uh, uh, and you'll be told where I'm going to be when and uh, get an appointment. So I deal with both insomnia, which is, of course, difficult getting off to sleep or maintaining sleep, and I deal with sleep apnea. Yep. And if guys get really tired, then they start maybe start to act out at night. They do things like sleepwalking, night yep. terrors, nightmares, and I deal with all those as well. So anything to do with their sleep. I'm happy to have a look. Awesome. If you want to check it out, go to sleepwellclinic.co.nz and you'll find out all details on there. And uh, thank you very much for the time. It's been very enlightening. <laughs> Pleasure. Thanks. I've got him. I go, I go to John. He goes, I'm going to do this, isn't it? I go, I go, no, no, I've got some emails. Ah! It's a pain of my life. Okay, it's, it's a Monday. It's a busy day for me. <laughs> oh, okay. i get on a plane a couple of hours. How are you going today? Yeah. What time are you on the phone? Uh, not till tonight, but I've got lots of things <laughs> to do between now and then. It's a busy afternoon, like two and a half hours of coaching. Oh, good old Craig Muskin. What he's doing... Miskin, I think it is. Oh, Miskin, is it? Yeah, it would be Miskin because it's MI. But anyway, what they're doing is within their tri-club, and this is a really cool thing, and, and if you want to support it, feel free to jump on our website, www.imtalk.me, and I'll have a link to this tomorrow. But they're fundraising for premature babies, I think it is. Looking at that, this looks pretty premature. Um, John, you read, oh, no, kids with cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. But what they're doing is they're having a Team Hoyt triathlon. Right. So you basically got to push a kid around a triathlon. Okay. And do it like you would with Team Hoy as a way to nice. fundraise for kids with cerebral palsy. So, um, so I think I've, I would have been saving this for website of the week, you see. I think it's on my website of the week list. Oh, is it? Mm. But we can double up. Okay, we'll double up because give some love to them. Yep. Give them some money because it's a cool idea. They're thinking outside the square and obviously for a really great cause. And, um, you know, it's obviously pretty tough on families when you've got cerebral palsy children. And uh, so, yeah. Check it out. It's uh, teamlaws.co.uk and uh, we'll put a link to that on www.imtalk.me this week. Beautiful. Okay, but John, there's more emails. Where's the second one? But wait, there's more. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, I'm good, with my good old Ian had his own Tim Vista. Tivy? Tim Meister. Tim Meister. Tim Meister. Tim Meister. He's give us an email. Because he's a good listener of the show. He's been a good listener of the show for a long time. Mm-hmm. One of the only people who had a name show, show named after them. Yeah. Thomas Peoples. Yeah. And guess what's happening, John? Thomas John Newsom Peoples. Use him with the correct name. Uh, he's getting married. A week on Friday. And, and Harold Tell got married as well. Oh, really? Everyone's getting married. Harold Tell goes to me, it's the best thing you've ever done. Sign the times, Bevan. Get on the program. Get on the program. Should I propose, John? Yeah. So good old uh, Thomas Peoples, good on you mate, congratulations first of all, good luck, I uh, hope it all goes well. Remember, John, did you yes. pass your peak? Um, in between. Because when you, I've always wondered about this, when you, 
<laughs> John wants to go home. <laughs> Did you plan which way your head goed? When? It's just natural. You always go to the right. You always go right, do you? Yeah. And she goes right as well. Yeah. Okay. And she's a lefty as well, so. Uh, she goes, tonight, go home. Just go left. Okay, I'll give you. A... And give me a report next week's show, okay? <laughs> I'll come in with a little plaster my broken, my broken nose. I want you to go left. Just go to try and Okay, so Thomas, go right. This is John's piece of advice for you. Yeah. Uh, Annette. Annette Lee? Yes. And we'll be talking about her in a minute, John. Yes. But she sent through a photo of her and good old Mike Riley on the mics together. She was commentating on the day. Who was beat mixing with Mike. Nice. She said he was actually a very nice guy. He didn't seem to have an ego at all. Good. And a lot of people seem to think he's got a great ego, but not at all. Good. And John, did you see this last one? Yes. This was sensational, wasn't it? No, you didn't see it, did you? I'd read it before. Somebody's running a Nike freeze. Well, yes, yes, no. You keep talking. <laughs> tell, us, tell us what you think about well, you see, because you, you always send me the emails, but there's never any attachments, so I can't ah. see any of the pictures you see. So. Well, good, you read this email out, and then I'll show you why this is special. Well, Sky High Stokes has been running in Nike Freeze and no longer has uh, Achilles issues. Yeah, that's pretty special, isn't it, John? Yeah. And uh, what else? Keep talking, because I need to find this email. And he's also started doing yoga one to two times a day. Oh, that's he's, good. And started out running 10 minutes, he's now up to one hour. Okay, John, so that's pretty good, isn't it? You know, great. You'd be pretty happy with that. Oh. Yeah. Keep talking. <laughs> Say something else. Quality. <laughs> this is great it's podcast. Great piece. I tell you. And what else, John? Um, this last week I've started running outside. Look at that, John. Don't worry anymore. We're back. Holy moly. He's got on his Nike Freeze because in America, you can, well, somewhere in the world, wherever he is, you can get stuff put on your shoes. Mm-hmm. And what good old mm-hmm. high, Sky High Stokes. That's a hard one to say, isn't Sky it? Sky High Stokes. Say that 10 times fast. Go. He, you know, the reason I gave him that name, I think he was from... Uh, Breckenridge, oh. and the picture was, uh, yeah, and he's done a few mountain climb races. Oh, you do well with that name, I like that mm. name. But he's got on his Nike Freeze, I am talk, stitched into them. That's impressive. That is, you, you like that now, don't you? Yeah. You're glad we went along with it, aren't you? That's right. Oh, beautiful. So I'm going to put a photo of Annette with Mike um, and good old Sty High Stokes shoes yeah. on the website this week because I am talking. They're pretty cool looking too, aren't they? We're also going to have on the website... Um, a little YouTube clip. Oh, it's exciting times, it's John. Exciting times. A little promo of the Epic Camp documentary that's going to be coming up. So Annette was uh, on, the, on the production crew that were filmed all the way through the camp. And this is just a little one minute thirty trailer of, uh, of of just some of the things that Do are you know what, coming up. I've what? seen it. You've seen it. Yeah. Nice. Melina was looking flash as always. Yeah. Good. He's good at selling the story too. Eh? Yeah. You know these guys. These guys. You know in the local area. They're good athletes, you know, they dominate their field. They come to Epic Camp, you know, they just, you know, they're at the back of the pack now. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> oh, it's a beautiful thing. That's my Scott Molina impression. Okay, sponsors. Athlinks.com. I'm going Athlinks first, John. Let's check that speed. Last okay, here we go. Ready, set, go, and done. Boom. Green background. What's up with the green background? <laughs> I, I oh, think Safari does that for some reason. Yeah. Yep. So we did notice some good speed there. Came straight through. And that was what they were really been working on. Um, if you have had a little bit of issues in terms of the speed of the site getting around, that's been solved. And now it's going at lightning break speed. I, I must say, one thing that I have noticed is that people going on there and actually putting their own, their own profile, but adding their gear to it. Nice. So this guy, old Vin Tran, from um, Boca Renton, Florida, USA, age 20, young man. Jeez, how do you have 20 years to forward Savalo? Must be working pretty hard. Uh, but anyway, he's just bought himself a new Savalo, and he's saying he loves it. 
When he goes, oh, it's an insurance bike. That's very important. It had his rally 2010 speed. Got written off. Oh, yeah, it was worth 20 grand. Collector's yeah. edition. What's that um, happened to Hunter Kemper? Is he still racing? He had quite a few injury issues uh, last year. He's given it a 5 out of 5. He's got Cervelo S2. Yeah. Uh, he spent 5149 Is that US? I don't know. Go to our Iron Talk page. We'll see what people, if any people are racing this. Uh, no, no, no. I oh. mean, no, on, <laughs> okay, on Athlinks. Yep. So one of the big things about on Athlinks, we, we like people to join up to our Iron Talk page. There's our good old King Glass advertising. Nice. And if you get on there, then we can see who's coming up with races. Yep. Put, your, put your things in your calendar of what's coming up, and that also helps the team at Athlinks see uh, what race is coming up in terms of um, capturing all those results. Well, this sad day, good old Paul, oh, we picked the hardest name ever, John, you say it. Kwaitskoski. Kwaitskoski? Yeah. Is racing the SunTrust National Marathon and Half Marathon in Washington, D.C., USA. Nice. And we'll so on oh, Sunday. Singapore 70.3 is coming up. Mark Clay's racing it. Good old Tim Banner's racing the Spark Helmore Olympic Distance Triathlon. Oh, look, it's a busy weekend for the Iron Talk community. It's, it's, you've gone a few weeks out there. Oh, is it further down the track, is yeah. it? Okay, yeah. well, let's just stay in that week. But that's, that's what we like people to do. Get on there, put up your upcoming races, and obviously if you've done a race, get those results in there. In a Kona? Nice. Okay, good work. So, athlinks.com. Make sure everyone knows what they're doing. It's all good. Okay. Coffee, uh, coffeesofhawaii.com. Coffeesofhawaii.com. I'm going to pull up, John, you start talking. So, last week we mentioned if you're uh, wondering what sort of coffee to get... How do you like your coffee? Strong and bold or something mellow? If it's strong yeah. and bold, go for yeah. our, try our espresso or mule skinner. Smooth and mellow, try the Kona, Maui or Mulani blends. Well, you know what, John? What? If you like St. Patrick's Day, but you don't like the hangover of the day afterwards, yeah. they've got plenty of green on Molokai. And I've got a St. Patrick's Day sale. Our St. Patrick's Day sale is on now through to the 17th of March. Available only on our e-news. Oh, so you have to be an e-newsletter member to get the sale. Nice. Not signed up yet? Sign up here and get the email at answers at coffeesofhawaii.com for the promo code. Remember, it's worth the effort. Remember, if you're gonna buy, you are going to buy some coffee, make sure you go through uh, imtalk.me and then you will go to the page on Coffees of Hawaii that has the discount codes. They're changing a bit from time to time, um, so get on it. Okay, very good. Coffees of Hawaii. And they've got their tea now. Nice. Jeez, they're just getting bigger and better, aren't they? Okay, so our sponsors are? Athlinks.com. Make sure you go on there so we'll tell you what race you're going to be doing. You get your name on the show. That's right. Yeah, coffeesofwire.com. And just get on there and get that still growing wild coffee beans. We've got a new sponsor coming on board that I've got to sort out. We've we got, we got a really cool sponsor coming on, yeah, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. It's so very, we're we're got, big things are happening, John. Big. Also, if you want to email us, you can email us at iamtalkpodcast.com. Oh, no. I did it again. It's been years since I've done that. iamtalkpodcast at gmail.com. And it's a beautiful thing. Anything else we need to mention? Oh, we do have to mention a couple of things. First of all, we've got a recurring donation. So if you want to donate a dollar US a show... Well, $4 a month. $4 a month, which yeah. works out to be less than a dollar a show, John. It does. Because it's 52 weeks a year. Right. And you give two extra weeks if you do monthly. It's a bargain. So it's, well, you know, like it's just helping us out, grow the show and all the rest of it. And a uh, new website coming is going to help get, get us out. Yeah. It's going to be a bit more interactive. and uh, It's, it's, it's all go, good. John, isn't it's it? It's all go. We're going to be able to archive. It's one of the things I'm going, to, I'm going to try to work on this year is our archiving of information. So we're going to be able to archive interviews a lot easier on that sh- on, on the new website and then I'm also going to try to make a bit more of an effort to archive information a bit more so we'll have some resources and stuff up there as well from, from past shows yeah which would be really great 
Um, but John's had a brainstorm, haven't you, John? Had a brainwave. Brainwave. I wonder what that sound was. So I was in, <laughs> I was in uh, Wellington at the weekend, and uh, the mountain snail. Um, John. Oh, did you catch up with Jane Hancock? Yep, I was uh, was down at the the swim, and he said, "Oh yeah, if you're going to do a camp, I'd be really keen." So I was out riding yesterday, and I had a I had a thought. He had an epiphany. This is what my thought is. We need to know, before I go ahead and organise lots of logistics and go into the, into detail. We need to know if people are interested. So this is what I'm what I'm planning. We're going to do uh, camp care car triple T triple T style. Can we go camp care car two three twenty three? Because the second camp care car yep. with a triple T in it. Yeah, we can do whatever you want. Yes. Yep. Yes. Uh, and here's how it's going to work. You're right. It's going to be in, based in Christchurch. Uh, you're going to arrive on Friday morning. And then Friday afternoon we'll have a uh, like a triple triathlon event. So bang, 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 three three in a row, little sprint triathlons, no gap in between. Well, I'll do three triathlons in a row. Yeah, so swim by run. Oh, it's all like Donkey Kong, John. Oh yeah, this is ITU style. <laughs> and uh, so we'll do that in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, Friday night's accommodation. Then Saturday, Saturday we'll get up and we'll do a broken triathlon. So we have a swim somewhere, a bike somewhere, and a run somewhere. And that'll be around about a bit longer than Olympic distance. Then in the afternoon, we'll do more knowledge-based stuff, maybe a bit of uh, drill work, both in swimming and, and running. And also some video stuff you're talking some about? Some video stuff. Because you've got that program, haven't you? Yep. yep. Uh, I haven't, but we can, we can get... We, can, we, we can, know someone. We, we know people. Yeah. Uh, so what you know. So there'll be some yeah, educational stuff in the afternoon with a bit of technique. And then on Sunday, we'll do a, like a, a very, very challenging half Ironman. So the objective over the weekend is we're going to do an Ironman distance. It's broken into you know two and a half days. So Sunday will be a, a very tough half Ironman, and I've got the a brilliant course, awesome riding, and probably the most scenic run you'll ever get. With the run we did on oh, a quick camp, yeah. it's a godly yeah. head loop. Oh yeah, that, that, the course he's telling me about is craziness. Like one of the hill climbs is mammoth. Oh yeah. So yeah. and this is going to be open to athletes of all abilities because we're not going to be doing a huge amount of group riding. You know, we'll just um, maybe have a, a slightly separate start. It's got like up. three days of racing, really. It's, isn't it? it's going to be. Informal racing, so we're not going to have we have marshals to make sure people are on the course, but it's not like it's a race because yeah. we've got to we've got to do no, a track management plan, and, and uh, <laughs> it's just going to be a, it's a training camp, uh, and there will be in, incentives to get places faster. Yeah, uh, athletes of all abilities are, are open, uh, are welcome. Um, we need ten to make it work. We need ten to make it work. Approximate cost is probably going to be four hundred ninety dollars. I haven't done a really comprehensive budget yet, but be around about that figure. So Aussies, get your butts over here. There's cheap flights to Christchurch. Date-wise, it's going to be looking. Uh, I was looking at possibly the um, middle of November, one of the weekends we there. Need to make sure I, I book that in. Yep. Um, so we're going to do it the week before the Ashburton Half Ironman. So if you did want to hang about for a week and do some training in Christchurch, the following weekend there'll be a Half Ironman. Yep. So it's going to be really good timing for guys that are training for Wanaka for a tough weekend, and for guys that are starting their sort of uh, Taupo preparation. Good timing for that. A little bit outside the, the, the box. Can we do my clapping game again? We can do your clapping yes. game. Not doing the press-ups and stuff again, though. We do those no, I'm going to have a games night. Yeah, we're, okay. Well, Saturday night will be games night. Saturday night's games night. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right, John. So if you're interested, night. please email us. If we get uh, enough people interested, we'll go ahead and get this uh, this baby on the roll. So, um, Kia Kia 23. And email us at imtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Beautiful, beautiful thing. Okay, John, anything else quickly? Uh... No. no. What about you? What are you up to for the rest of the week? Uh, went to Wellington the weekend. How was how was the daddy trip? Daddy trip was good. Yeah. Boys had Did you like Kia. Um, what is it? We got to Papa? Wellington sucks weather wise. <laughs> Sorry. Every time I go there, it's just a business. Oh, look at that, John. Oh, we're like twins. We're twins. We've got our seventy eight. 
part of Tri T-shirt song. Yeah, I do too. (laughs) (laughs) We are twins. Um, Friday, day's not too bad, but but, but a cloud going around. Thomas and I go down to the park, talking to a couple of my athletes just before briefing about 4.30, turn around, see... Oh, they had that crazy storm, didn't they? We're in the park, middle of the night. Thomas is in the pram, and this full-on storm hit within, no joke, Within 30 seconds, the guy said, oh, geez, look at that. I wonder what's going to happen. We turned around. I said, oh, I'll be fine. <laughs> and went over the park, and then, boom, game on. We were, everybody, everybody came to this little park hiding under this little um, yeah, it was kind of scary. shelter. Oh, yeah, it was full on trees falling over, stuff flying really? off roofs. And, I and saw then, pictures on the internet, and it looked, like, it looked oh. crazy. And then I had to, it wasn't going to clear, so Thomas and I had to make a run for it. Tried to start pulling him backwards with the pram, because we were going straight into the, the yeah. storm. The pram tipped over. Oh, <laughs> it was okay. It was fine. So that was uh, it was very full on. And then race day was just it was it was okay. What was the race? Rain. It was Oceania champs. Did anyone do any good race? Uh, it was it was good racing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, the weather's never any good in Wellington. No, windy Wellington. Other than that, uh, I'm away. So where are you going now? I'm going to a running conference by Jack Daniels. Oh, that's Two right. Two day Oh wow. So yeah. you know stuff you think? Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and that's it. Where's that? It's in Auckland. Oh. You love Auckland, don't you? I love Auckland. Uh, Christchurch is the, should be the capital of New Zealand. Capital of New Zealand. Anyway, Bevan, anything exciting happening in your world? Going to Abu Dhabi. Going to Abu Dhabi. Um, well, I've, I've, I was telling John before the show, I've been spending a lot of money mm. because I've just booked myself my new keyboard. I've been saving for a year to get it. Nice. And I'm not quite at my point where I had enough money, mm. but I found one on eBay for new for a thousand dollars cheaper than where I can get anywhere else. Nice. So I'm about 500 short, but I thought, bugger, I'm doing it. So I locked in a netty, uh, done that, bought my keyboard. Um, People outside it? New Zealand, Australia, they have a clue what lock it in Eddie means. Well, it's, it's who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah. Lock it in Eddie. Lock it in Eddie. Lock it in. Tell you what does make me laugh. You know how I really want to name Camp Kierkaha? When I was younger, I was in a band. Yeah. I've been in quite a few bands because I'm a musician, that's how we roll. But yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the drummer, for some reason, in a band, the drummer always wants to name the band. Mm. And drummers aren't very good at naming bands. Yeah. Hope none of you guys are drummers, but yeah. yeah. What would you name a band, John? The Eternal Rock. <laughs> the Eternal I don't know, jeez. <laughs> are you a drummer? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then, well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. Yep. The Eternal Rock. <laughs> At least you get away with a, 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 a bloody um, keyboard. Blunder wants a new kitchen at the moment. Oh, that's 20 grand, John. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's, it's at least 20 grand. Yeah. Because if you get a new kitchen, you want those really flash appliances as well, the gas hobs. And, oh, right. oh, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking 40 grand. Yeah, no. Uh, I've got a mate, mate. I've got a mate who hook you up. Cashy, you know, oh, sweeties. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and we're back to normal next week. Happy week. Iron Russ. Iron Mendo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.